The information provided in this show is intended for your general knowledge only and is not intended to be, nor is it, medical advice or a substitute for medical advice. If you have or suspect you have a specific medical condition or disease, please consult your health care provider. You are now listening to The Health Hero Show with Tim James. <laughs> What's up, health heroes? Tim James here, founder of ChemicalFreeBody.com and your host for the show that simplifies and demystifies how to live an energetic life with a flat belly. So if you're into a healthy gut and staying young, then this is the show for you. What's up, Health Heroes? Tim James here with another exciting episode of the Health Hero Show. Today in the house, I've got Dr. Nikki CISO. And um, she was, yeah, she was, uh, hi, Nikki. Hi. (laughs) She was, um, she's bursting with energy. She can't wait to talk to you guys about uh, diabetes today, especially type one, something that she was afflicted with and has been able to uh, turn the corner on. So we want to share that with you. Uh, She was actually introduced to me by her mother, um, who is um, Dr. Sarah CISO. And we had a similar client. So her mom uh, started her journey like a Hippocrates Health Institute, like I did. And I sent this guy, I had a client in Arizona and to go get food and stuff. And he met her at like a farmer's market, her mom. And they got talking and he's like, dude, I found somebody that's like a female version of you um, <laughs> at this thing. And she's going to start making me some of my food. And um, so I started talking, he, he connected us. I started talking to your mom. She's a lovely woman. I'm excited. For, uh, to, she's probably going to start working with us. It's really cool. And then she, she's like, oh my God, you have to meet my daughter. She's also doing amazing things in, in, in helping people to, you know, become their own doctor, learn how to self-heal and uh, live a high quality life and wake up and feel good. So um, Nikki, thank you so much for being here. Oh, it's my absolute pleasure to be here with you. Thank you, Tim, for having me. Mm-hmm. This is a lot of fun. So how did you, um, I'm kind of curious. I mean, I talked to your mom a little bit, but what, um, what was, what was like growing up? I mean, you had type one diabetes. So when did you find out you had this and what was it like growing up with type one diabetes? I actually didn't grow up with it. I started at 29. Oh, uh, congratulations. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I avoided the, the childhood diabetes experience, which I can only imagine is a challenge beyond words even more so probably for the parents. Uh, my heart goes out to the mamas out there that um, manage this and, and papas, of course. But um, no, I got mine at 29 years old. Mine. Uh, interesting. Uh, I, I like to caution my clients to be careful of using the identity of a diabetic, like I am a diabetic. Right. right? Um, so yeah, the I was diagnosed at 29 years old. It came as quite a surprise, uh, but it did lead me down a path of studying a PhD in holistic health and nutrition. And I I explored many workshops and retreats all about uh, how to not just reverse it, but manage it in a way where the day-to-day wasn't so destructive. Mm -hmm. And so um, it's been quite a journey. So you're you're 29 years old. Everything's just kind of be bopping along in your life. And then what, what was going on that you recognized that there was an issue? So the first symptoms were exhaustion. I was really tired, but more so than normal. Normally I needed a nap in the afternoon and now it was like, I was waking up exhausted and tired all throughout the day. And then the, the next symptom was thirst extreme levels of thirst. I mean, I could drink a gallon of water, pee every 10 minutes and I was still thirsty and then my vision went out. Uh, that was the final kind of key that was strange. Um, I was living in New York and I was standing right below the numbered 
street sign and I had to ask someone what the number said because I couldn't read it. And I thought because I had LASIK surgery done you know, t- probably at 18 years old, so uh, 11 years ago, that the LASIK was just going out. But um, I turned out I ended up with a yeast infection, which is common. And uh, at the, the doctor, they took my urine and they said, your sugars are way too high in your blood and your urine, you should go to the hospital and get your, your blood checked. And I kind of ignored it. I didn't think it was such a big deal. And the next day, I uh, got a blood checker that I did by myself at home and my sugars were 564. And okay, so why don't you why don't you explain that for the layperson coming in that maybe have simple, similar symptoms to you and they're listening to this like, Oh, my God, maybe this is what I got. So explain blood sugars and A1C, all this stuff. Explain that stuff for the layperson. Sure. So if you don't have diabetes, your blood sugars will stay between 90 and 120. So even if you had a tub of ice cream, your pancreas would produce enough insulin to keep your blood sugars within or below 120, within that range of 90 to 120. So fasting, when you wake up in the morning, you should be around a 90. And throughout the day, you'll fluctuate. It always fluctuates, but as a non-diabetic, then you'll be in that range. Once uh, you're considered, I believe, pre-diabetic, once you're above 150. And so being at 564 is shocking. It's extremely high. Um, I'm, I'm not 100% sure of the A1C numbers, but I, I believe it's like 5.4 and below your non-diabetic. And then above that is, is what they consider diabetic. So, so yeah, if you, if you go to a doctor and you're pulling a 500 blood sugar, normally the doctor's going to like, you need to go to the emergency room. Like yeah. right now, they're going to send you yeah. to the emergency room. That's what's going to happen. So you were a 564? Yeah. I ended up walking to the emergency room uh, because I couldn't find a taxi. I ended up walking 20 blocks in New York because I couldn't find a taxi for the life of me. And I remember there were steps where I was convincing myself I can make it because I was about to fall over and pass out. And when I got there, they chested me. And of course I had severe ketosis. I was, I had ketones in my blood and I was on my way to passing out and going into a coma. So I was in a severe state. Well, at least you got, uh, you got your exercise going out of the gate, 20, <laughs> I 20 blocks. I did. Uh, I had lost eight pounds in three days, despite eating. Uh, when your sugars are that high, you can't really keep anything in, especially liquid. That's why the high thirst Mm-hmm. So you'll just pee out everything. Uh, it's interesting. Um, so, okay. yeah. So what were you doing it for a uh, career at the time? At the time I was in real estate. I uh, was a real estate agent in New York, supporting people finding rental properties, which was quite the hustle. I could and... see you being a real estate agent. <laughs> what did you guys fun. check out? What did you check out her site? I could see you just being this like, like this power woman that's just out there slinging houses and rentals. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I enjoyed it. And it was quite a hustle. And often you're working for free because in New York, you just take what you can get. And if you see, if you're walking down the street and you see a number, it's uh, forget your agent, you're calling that number and you get in that apartment. So uh, there was a lot of free labor, uh, which, yeah, it was, it was a little bit of a challenge, but um, it was fun. I met a lot of amazing people. I saw some really cool apartments. So nice. Nice. Kind of reminds me of like, Seinfeld, it's really hard to get an apartment. Very yes. difficult to get an apartment. In Back there. then, especially. Yeah. 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 Okay. So you're you're 29 years old and you get diagnosed with type one diabetes. Correct. 
And the research I've done, there's a long list. So I was told right away, oh, it's just genetic. Here's your insulin, go home. You're going to have to learn how to count carbs and uh, see what affects you. So everything affects different people differently. Uh, but like rice might make my blood sugar skyrocket. And for someone else, it doesn't have that big of an effect, but potatoes do. So it's it's quite interesting. You really, the first two years are just ex exploring and starting to learn what affects your blood sugars. And so it's kind of like an elimination diet. You eliminate everything, you add things back in, see how it makes you feel. If it doesn't, you kick it out. If it works, you keep it. If you're super disciplined, yes, that would be the correct way to do things. But mm -hmm. I, at the time, and still to some degree, I'm a very free spirit. And being told what to do is uh, not my specialty. Mm -hmm. <laughs> well, so, I can see it be daunting, too, because I've coached lots of people. And a lot of people aren't foodies. They just, no. they just want to go to a restaurant or their husband right. or their wife makes it somebody makes food for them. And so for them to like, they're just like, screw it, you know? So I remember yeah. one day I was, uh, I was doing when I was a financial advisor, I was writing with another financial advisor, taking him to um, a client to train him. And uh, he says, I got to stop. I got my blood sugars. This was before I got into it. And he stopped at like a McDonald's and he got like a little burger or something. And he got um, a diet, Oh, of course, a diet Pepsi because he was overweight because, you know, going to lose weight and an ice cream cone, wow. a vanilla ice cream cone. And I'm like, I'm like, dude, like I even back then I intuited. I'm like, I, I said, I don't think if you have diabetes, like ice cream cones are good for you. Right. He's like, oh, no, I, I need it. If I got to get my blood sugar up. So it's almost like a heroin addict trying to come off a of heroin, but they take heroin. <laughs> <laughs> That's what it yeah, feels I, like sometimes. Yes. Yeah. I have to keep taking my hair. Yeah, you know, this doesn't make any sense. So, okay. All right. So then what happened? So what did you start doing with your, with yeah. your diet and did you struggle? And then, then how did you get where you're at now? So I did struggle a little bit in the beginning, quite a, well, quite a bit. Um, I ended up getting a PhD in holistic health and nutrition to teach myself what the appropriate diet would be and, and what actually would support my body nutrition wise. And I also did a lot of research as to the causes. And it turns out uh, there are many causes, not just genetic. There's adverse childhood experiences. They're called ACEs. Uh, that, those, Can you give an example of that? Sure. So uh, an abusive parent, either physically or mentally, a parent that's gone to jail or abandoned their children or, um, yeah, it's, it's challenging. To, there's eight of them. Oh. You can look that up online, ACEs, okay. A-C-E. Okay. Um, but those are the examples of where you have childhood traumas, essentially. Okay. Those often lead to alcohol use later, which uh, also trigger type 1 diabetes, um, as does mold exposure, antibiotics use. And then wheat and milk both have proteins in them. So wheat being gliden, milk has casein. These are proteins that will attach to the beta cells in your pancreas that produce insulin. They will tag them as the antigen, they call it, like the enemy, and your immune system will come in, take those cells out and destroy them. So that's why it's considered an autoimmune disease. Your own immune system is attack attacking your, your pancreas cells. Does that make sense? Yeah. So it's, it's, and this is what we're going to be, Nikki and I are going to go deep on today is that like, and we, I've talked about this all the time. It's like, it's not like a lot of these cases, a disease you have too much wheat and dairy in your body, you know? So you have too much of that stuff. 
So, and it's all messed up. So every, most of my listeners are very up to date on all this stuff. I actually had uh, uh, Dr. William Davis on, the author of The Wheat Belly, um, mm. and he came back on and did this thing on Super Gut. So he talked deep about gliden proteins. It's not just the gluten; it's these gliden proteins. And, you know, wheat used to be four feet, four and a half feet tall, little teeny grains on the top. And then through genetic modification and splicing and hybridization, now it's like Franken wheat that's 18 inches tall. So it doesn't blow over for huge seeds for maximum yield. And then, you know, and then we eat it and it screws up the gut. And type one diabetes is one of the side effects of eating this modern, you know, messed up wheat, basically. Yeah. Right? And yeah, then, I mean, if it's considered autoimmune, so it has to do with the immune system. And if we're looking at antibiotics that attack our gut microbiome, so the gut is where 70% of our immune system is produced and lives, right? Mm -hmm. So if we're having antibiotics or alcohol, if it's a poison, right? So we're killing off a lot of bacteria in our gut that produce the immune system. Uh, then you have the wheat and the milk. All of these things are attacking our, our gut microbiome. And so it's not cool, not no. cool. And the side effect is type one diabetes, which is a, you know, and then the solution is you have a crappy life and you're on medications the rest of your life and you're poking yourself Yeah, because that's Sometimes all there is. is. That's all there is. But today uh, stick around because we're going to, you know, we're going to be giving you guys some solutions at the end, some big time solutions for this. So um, yeah, I was, I didn't know that mold could have been a trigger for type one diabetes. That's interesting. Yeah. And yeah. then, and antibiotics just kind of makes sense. Right. It just I, I knew about wheat and, and dairy, but antibiotics definitely um, make sense. And who hasn't had antibiotics like? Yeah. I, Strong rounds, too. That's that's a tough one. They're giving them to kids. I mean, I had a um, one of my yoga instructors. She was telling me how her grandson, one year old, um, had throat, nose, had, had an ear infection, went to the throat, nose and ear doctor. And they gave him probiotics. And I was like, oh, God, you know, it's one year old. Jeez. Oh, and then she's like, and then it, it kind of helped. But then it came back. And then so she my daughter took him back in another round of antibiotics. I'm like, oh, my God, stronger ones. And then she was just talking to her chiropractor. And he's like, bring him in for an adjustment. One adjustment, ear infection gone. Ha. Chiropractic. Chiropractic. He was a lot of people don't know this. When kids come out of the womb, they can be out of adjustment because of the birth through the birth canal. So if you're. It's kind of smart to, after you have a baby, you know, there's a whole bunch of other stuff, but have a chiropractor to do initial adjustment to make sure your baby baby's off and right. Right. So people don't think about that stuff. Nobody thinks about that stuff. I used to, I didn't used to think about that stuff, but now I think about it all the time because it's important. Okay. Um, all right. So, when, so you're 29 when you get diagnosed with type one diabetes, when did you go become a PhD in uh, holistic health and nutrition? That wasn't until I was probably mid thirties. Mid thirties. Okay. So, 30s. You, so you, you it was about, about 10 years. Yeah. So you had 10 years of just living Struggling. this lifestyle, dealing with insulin. Yeah. Injections. Yeah. Injections 10 times a day. I was still drinking alcohol at that point. So it was a roller coaster ride every day. 10 times a day. Oh yeah. Cause you're, you're taking two shots in the morning. I was doing two shots a night and then probably at least five throughout the day. So yeah, eight, nine, 10 shots a day. And then where do you, where do you shoot yourself? Uh, so they tell you in the hospital to do it in your stomach. And that's the most painful part, actually on your legs, your upper thigh or your, your tush is the, the, you don't feel it. Much. You just, you'd have to keep rotating this stuff around yeah, because must. good Lord, it's just, yeah. it's like a drug addict. They turn, they've, you've basically been turned into a drug addict. 
<laughs> yeah. That's I hide crazy. it like I'm doing drugs too. It's funny because it's embarrassing to me to, to, you know, you pull out an insulin pen with a needle at dinner. It's not so sexy. <laughs> so I'm hiding it under the table. That's un that's unbelievable. Yeah. All right, guys, we're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we're going to get into the problems associated with diabetes, like what's what's going on with people's bodies and how they're feeling. And we're also going to take a deep dive into the mental side. This is something this is a kind of a new frontier that I haven't really explored that Dr. Nikki is very versed in. We'll be right back. The average person today is carrying around six to 12 pounds of impacted fecal material and mucoid plaque in the small and large intestine. That's gross. But worse, it's super unhealthy. That is why we created Gut Detox Formula. This ancient 1,000-year-old formula from India gently micro-cleanses the intestines, removing all of that funk and gunk and junk that is destroying your health while leaving your good bacteria behind, which is part of your immune system. And there is no diarrhea like most gut detox products. And it's made with the same chemical-free body promise, no stimulants, 100% nature, and always made in the USA. Get yours today at chemicalfreebody.com. What's up, Health Heroes? Tim James here. I am back with Dr. Nikki Ciso, and we're we're gonna we're talking about diabetes, type one and type two. Now, Dr. Nikki was uh, had um, type one diabetes afflict her at age 29. Her body was crashing. She almost crashed when she was walking to the the emergency room, and she had over a 500 blood sugar count. So now, what I want to do. Nikki is like you, you were, you had type one diabetes for like almost 10 years. Then you became a PhD in holistic health and nutrition, really started doing a deep dive. You want to solve your problem because you were injecting yourself 10 times a day with needles yeah. as a, a clear minded, hopefully healthy type person that's doing good work out there. And you're hiding it from friends because you feel like you're a drug addict, right? It's embarrassing. You're, I mean, I, I, to me, that is like so crazy. 10 injections a day. That's mind boggling to me. Okay, so let's talk about some of the problems associated with with type one and type two diabetes. What what can happen to people um, to their bodies when they have this going on? Yeah. So what what a lot of people don't talk about and don't realize with diabetes is the most challenging part about it is actually the mindset and the mental part, the mental aspect of losing your free will to eat what you want, and then having a meter in your face. 10 times a day telling you how you're essentially failing because you're eating emotionally or you're not having enough willpower to stop when you're full and you keep going or you turn to that ice cream because you've been triggered. And what happens when you have this blood sugar reading that's high, it's in your face like you're not doing good enough. You're not doing good enough. You're failing at this, which of course then triggers the desire to escape from that even more. And a lot of the times our, our escape, our coping mechanisms are very unhealthy. They lead to blood sugar rises, like food, like alcohol. And so that's what I, I really enjoy supporting my clients with is getting first to the root causes of the triggers that lead to the unhealthy behavior. Because if you don't fix those, I can give you a meal plan. That's easy. Go on my website. But if you, if you don't know how to control your reactions to life, then your automatic programming of trigger response is going to take over in those moments. And you're going to turn to things that lead to your blood sugars being out of control. And you mentioned something that is very, very interesting to me in the first segment, which was that when, you know, 
some of the things that can cause type one diabetes as is childhood trauma. Now, most people wouldn't think like, how could, how could, you know, dad yelling at me, give me type one diabetes. Right. But what people don't understand is like this childhood trauma stuff in my coaching practice. And I've personally coached over 600 people through this process. I was absolutely blown away of the statistics because roughly about 50% of people had severe childhood trauma, molestation, Dad, literally, I've heard dad threw me, not just to bash the dads, but dad pushed me off a roof. Dad threw me over a fence. Dad, you know, this kind of stuff. Or my mom, um, one of the stories that I was like horrified with, this, this guy said that his mom, his mother was a drug addict and her boyfriends, four different boyfriends came over and molested him. <gasps> and he's a little kid. So he actually created a, another character and to have somebody to talk to to comfort himself mm. so he he created this and it wasn't until he was like i think he said 13 that he finally let that go so from being a little kid like six years old to 13 he had created a a etherical friend there to just talk to him and comfort him because mm. he had no other comfort and it's all and, and i remember because I was like, hey, do you want some some of the salad dressing? And it was, you know, it's a creamy salad dressing herb. I was like, that shit's good. And he's like, no, no, I don't want any of that. And I was like, I just, I mean, it was, we were just getting along. And then all of a sudden he's like, no. And I was like, I, something happened. I was like, what's the deal? He's like, there's two things. He said, when I was growing up, all my mom fed me was uh, hard boiled eggs and man or scrambled eggs and mayonnaise. Oh. So anything creamy, he doesn't want it at all which is probably good because most of the stuff at the stores is complete garbage and poison. But anyway, so yes, yeah, severe child, childhood trauma can affect the body in a mechanical, physical way is what's 100%. happening. Yeah. So if, you have, if you're having these issues, if you have type 1 diabetes, it, we, sometimes as a coach, that's what you help people do is go back and uncover that and then hopefully reframe it and use that as something to power them up with to create contrast. And, and, and those people actually, once they have a different viewpoint those past traumas actually become uh, it will give them more strength than somebody that didn't go through it because they've been through the gauntlet and now they become these powerhouses of people re-energized to go out and, and and kick ass in life and make sure that it doesn't happen to other people which is usually what happens that's what i've been seeing have you yeah. seen similar stuff yeah absolutely it, it fuels i mean most of the most uh, most of the most, <laughs> most of the most powerful people out there have had really challenging starts and it gave them the resilience to get through those moments in life that are challenging and, and it might knock them down for a second, but they bounce back up. And it's when you have those, those experiences that that's the brighter side, right? To look at them is okay, you've had these really ch challenging moments, how can you use them to serve your growth and serve your your soul's evolution into a more powerful version of you? And yeah, and often it means like, how can you support others? And right? it's yeah. a beautiful thing. All right. So on the mental side, was there anything else you wanted to say about that? Yeah. Um, so about the ancestral trauma, um, if you look back, all of us have grandparents or great-grandparents that have been through either a war or a depression or a famine, in my case, a holocaust. And those create emotional states in the body, especially in the mother, while she's maybe even has a baby in her womb, that are filled with fear, anxiety, um, 
rage even. And what happens is, first of all, like when you have an emotional state in your brain, it sends a chemical wave through your body of like fear. You want to run away. You feel that throughout your whole body. That's chemicals flowing through your body. They flow through your mother's body too, while you're in that womb. So before you even come out, you know, you're coming out into an unsafe world often, if that, that may be the case. Or once you are out, you're experiencing a parent that if they had some trauma that's being passed down, it's going to come through in the form of shame or, or abandonment or guilt. And so you'll, they'll use these coping technique, techniques like your, your friend was doing. Um, he used this coping technique of having someone there to support him, imaginary if not, if it needs to be that um, then help him support feeling okay in that moment. And, and so that's how the ancestral trauma actually gets passed down. It's through we learn how to operate in this world by automating everything our parents do, especially when we're born, all we can do is lay there and, and observe how our parents respond to life. And so we're automating their behavior and they op automated their parents' behavior. Mm -hmm. And so our brain is, is programming, okay, you, you get triggered, you respond this way. Dad get, gets angry, you hit someone. Mom doesn't get her needs met, you keep your mouth shut. You swallow it, you know, and you, you learn how to respond to life at, through our parents. And, and so what happens is diabetes then comes later on because these emotions get stored in our body. And every time I now look at a meter and I see a high number, I get triggered. Oh, I'm somehow not good enough. Um, let me backtrack. So Hoffman Institute taught me that from zero to seven, the brain is designed to take everything personally. So if you don't get your needs met, it's because you're not good enough to get your needs met. And you need all of your needs met by someone else. If you're cold as an infant, you need someone else to get you a blankie. And so it's a really mm -hmm. interesting process. If you're taking everything personally in that moment um, and you're defining yourself as not good enough, if you're not getting your needs met, and then the brain is also designed to see, uh, to seek evidence of what you believe in, in your day-to-day -day experience. Well, it's so easy to find evidence that you're not good enough. You look on social media or look, you know, yeah, you could take someone's looking at you the wrong way as an evidence of you not being good enough. I mean, it's, it, our brains are designed this way. And so it's, it becomes a process of having to reprogram the brain and diabetes triggers this sense. And that's what I teach my clients is an, actually an opportunity for you to explore what those triggers are. And every time you get a blood sugar reading, instead of seeing, oh, I'm not good enough, it's actually an opportunity for you to say, how can I love myself more in this moment? And how can I, um, what is a healthy coping mechanism for me to use in this moment to turn to? Does that make sense? Well, yeah, it does. And like, I, I, you know, I can already think like if there's some rednecks listening, they might be thinking this might be a little bit woo woo, but what I'll just point something out that I learned was just like, you know, <clears throat> how do like how does a mountain lion or a jaguar or whatever, let's say a cat as an example, how do they know when they sniff something to stay away from it or to eat it, right? Because it's been programmed into them ancestrally, generationally. So just like smell and, and, and fear and trauma too. So if, if the, the, let's say the pack of mountain lions got wiped, you know, got whacked by a, a grizzly bear, they kind of learned to stay away from them. Right. Mm -hmm. They just instinctively know. And that's what it's instinct is more of it's it's literally bred into our cells at a cellular level um, through smell. So something that we might smell, we know is not good. It might be because um, our great, 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 great grandma 
ate it and got sicker in hell and almost died. And then we just know, right? So there's, there's real stuff here. This is not, it's not BS. Um, it's not just like, well, I ate ice cream and that's why I got type one diabetes or my mom got, you know, strep throat when she was pregnant and that's why I got it. Okay. That might be the case. That might be the case, but it could be many issues or it could be a stack, a layering of different issues combined that actually finally set you off or your immune system dropped below a certain point. And then you started experiencing high blood sugar and dizziness and eyesight problems and all these things, right? Yeah. Someone explained to me once that it's a, imagine a glass can, would be your total amount your body can handle before it breaks down. And adverse childhood experiences fills it halfway. And then you add alcohol, antibiotics, you know, energetically, mold. maybe even mold, right? Like all these different things. And then you, you spill over, it breaks at the weakest link, which is your genetic predisposition in that scenario. Uh, and so then diabetes ensues. So it's, it's everything combined. If it was just one thing happening to you, you can, you can make your way through it. But when there's a, a cup that's overflowing with obstacles for your body, that, then it breaks down. So what are some of the symptoms associated with, um, uh, with diabetes? Let's just go through type one. I think we kind of did it earlier, but you know, you said, um, just, let's just go through the symptoms. You mentioned sure. a few of them already. Yeah. So before you're diagnosed with type one, it's the, uh, exhaustion, the thirst, the eyesight. Uh, those are the main ones. And usually there's some kind of an infection that has the breakout than the full diagnosis, uh, with type like a two, yeast infection, right? Correct. With type two, usually the first sign is, is, is weight gain. Cause you're overeating, uh, you're eating the wrong things. So if you're eating high fat, high sugar, that combination is lethal for your pancreas. Um, the reason why fat is a an energy source that's nine times more fuel efficient than sugar, and the cells will naturally soak up that fat. They don't need insulin to push the sugar in, or like the, sh the fat doesn't need anything to push the fat into the cell as fuel. And so the cells will absorb the fat first, and then the cells will be full of fuel. It's like a full gas tank. It won't let any of the sugar in. And then your sugars stay high until you burn through all that fat. So high fat diets actually lead to insulin resistance. I know this is when I have a high fat diet at night, like I have a high fat dinner. The next morning, I will need double the amount of insulin for my breakfast smoothie. It, it creates insulin resistance. Um, so high fat combined with high sugar, which is a lot of this processed food is, the standard American diet is high fat, high sugar. Uh, that combination is disastrous, um, as is your wheat, as we discussed, super high glycemic, um, things that are really processed, anything baked is on the higher glycemic range. Um, so we have to be careful of the high glycemic, what's, uh, I should explain, high, high glycemic means the glycemic index is how quickly your blood sugars will raise based on how much, uh, how, that food that you want to eat versus glycemic load is how much of the food, the quantity can takes into account the volume. So you can have a high glycemic food, but you're only going to have one bite. It's only going to spike your sugars a little bit. Or you can have something that's a, a medium glycemic, but you're going to have a giant pile of it. Your sugar, sugars are going to go high. Got it. Yeah. Right. Okay. So, and then some other side effects of type two diabetes, like neuropathy and oh, side effects. 
Yeah, for, for sure. Uh, neuropathy, for sure, because your blood vessels shrink when you have high sugars. Think of um, Aunt Jemima syrup. So that's what you're, you know, it's thick. That's mm -hmm. all sugar. And so if your blood is thick, full of that sugar, uh, first of all, I'll, I'll feel chest pains because my, my heart has to pump a much thicker liquid and it causes the capillaries to, to shrink. That's why the eyesight goes out because these are super small capillaries mm -hmm. in your eyes. And then the blood vessels down by your, by your feet, especially the sugar kind of drops down to your feet and collects. And so that's why a lot of diabetics end up with getting their feet cut off because they, they can't get the circulation going. So those this are some where an infrared things. sauna would be a very good adjunct to add into your life. Episode 61. If you haven't listened to it yet, we, we promote one of the, we actually have a sauna. I don't know if I talk, told your mom about it, but um, it, it actually broke a natural law. Oh, so that's kind of a big deal. It's all on episode 61. So if, if anybody here is listening, you have neuropathy anywhere in the body, our poor circulation, you're cold all the time. That would be a very good um, healing instrument to add to your lifestyle and to your, your little home spa of healing. Nice. Okay, well, that was a great section. So let's do this. We're going to take another break. And when we get back, uh, Dr. Nikki and I are going to get into the solutions, the things that you can do in your daily lifestyle and in your home to heal yourself and become your own doctor. We'll be right back. Turmeric has been used for thousands of years all across India and Southeast Asia and is one of the best anti-inflammatory compounds on earth. Now you can get these incredible benefits with the new chemical-free body Turmeric 100 Liquid Drops. This ethically sourced breakthrough solution helps against inflammation and pain. Turmeric 100 is made with the same chemical-free body promise. No stimulants, 100% organic, and always made in the USA. Get yours today at chemicalfreebody.com. What's up, Health Heroes? Tim James here. I am back with Dr. Nikki Ciso. And this is the, the fun part for me. We're going we're gonna to give you guys some solutions, some stuff that she's learned, and then I'll, I'll throw on a couple of my two bits, and, and um, we'll see if we can give you guys some actionable steps that you can go take um, to see if you can improve your health. That's what we're all about here. So, all right, so the first thing that I want to say is that um, type, if, you're, if you have type 2 diabetes, I want to let you off the hook. Type, you don't have a disease. You have zero disease, Okay. Type 2 diabetes is based on your lifestyle choices. Let me repeat. Type 2 diabetes is not a disease. It is caused and based on your lifestyle choices. You should be very excited about this. like Because I know you were talking earlier about people identifying with their disease. Oh, I, and you know what? Maybe you're one of those people that is identifying with your disease because it's the only way you're getting attention in your life. That is a real thing. And that means that the relationships need to be worked on and you need to have open and honest conversations so people can start valuing you. And, and how that starts is with yourself. You have to start valuing yourself. And you are important because creation doesn't make mistakes. So you see how deep this stuff goes? It's kind of crazy. All right. So type 1 diabetes. Um, and, and to finish up on type 2, you know, I, I remember because you know, I went to the Hippocrates Health Institute and I remember listening to the doctors there and they were like, look, they said the same thing. Type 2 diabetes is lifestyle choices. It is not a disease. And in three to four weeks on the Hippocrates lifestyle, all the people with type 2 diabetes are either almost almost or completely off of all medications. Seven out of 10. About three out of 10 have to take an oral supplement, uh, oral medication, a, a minor dose of it just because they damage their liver so bad. 
And then eventually maybe some of those can get off of it. But think about that. Seven out of 10 people, as they change their lifestyle, what they drink, how they think, what they're eating and putting in their mouth, seven out of 10 are completely off all medications in three to four weeks. So the dangerous part is, is that you can get so healthy so fast, the medications you're taking are actually dangerous. But that's why you really need to be under doctor's care when you're doing a program like this. But at the same time, usually the diabetics are like blood sugar experts, right? They kind of know because they're like, they're doing it all that it's 24 seven, they're doing this, it's like a, they're doing it more than anything else in their life. So they become experts. So they're usually good at um, but titrating down off of their medications. But again, this needs to be under doctor supervision. I'm not a doctor. Nikki is, but I'm not a doctor. I don't claim to be. I just share things that work for me and have worked for other clients that I've, I've had. So, all right. Well, so with that said, what are the solutions, Dr. Nikki, for type 1 diabetes and type 2? I love what you just said. It's so incredibly important. That's the first thing I start with my clients is to understand that it has is a blessing, whether it's type one or type two. Type two, like you said, it's your body talking to you. What you're doing is, is not working. You're off track. And so it's a blessing. It's like a little red flag before anything else happens that says, hey, you need to pay attention because what you're doing is not working, right? It's not, this isn't, your body's not responding well to this and it's a great opportunity. It's a blessing. And even if you're type one, it's a blessing because now you get an opportunity to start loving on yourself more. So every time you get a blood sugar reading that's high, it's you get to just take a deep breath, put your hand on your heart. What is it that I need in this moment? And so often it's food, our brain thinks it's food or alcohol, but in actuality, it might be a walk. It might just be a hug. It might be doing some writing. It might be going for uh, a walk in nature. Get yourself into nature. It might be call a friend. But it is a, an opportunity for you to check in and take a few deep breaths. And then maybe distance yourself or change your perspective from whatever is causing the trigger. And, and if it's a trigger-based desire to do something sabotaging, then you get to do that deep work of exploring, okay, what about this experience is creating so much movement in me, so much energy, so much emotion? Uh, and, and that often, like I was saying earlier, is often sourced in childhood. So if uh, your partner or your boss criticizes you or you don't feel supported, or your child is throwing a temper tantrum and somehow you're seeing it as you're not a good enough parent. It all usually leads back to somehow feeling a sense of not good enough. What I'm doing is not good enough. That's usually the core wound that is being triggered. It's almost being like stabbed at, right? Mm -hmm. And the opportunity here is for you to really take a deep breath, take that moment and check in, how can I self-soothe? And what is a coping mechanism that's actually really healthy for me? And, and so that's what diabetes does. It gives its, its first step is seeing it as a blessing. Okay. So if somebody's type one diabetic, they're, they're sticking themselves with insulin all the time. Um, you know, I actually heard, I believe through, it was the Institute again, I think through Dr. Gabriel Cousins. Don't nobody quote me on this because I don't want to put words in his mouth at all. Cause I want to get him on the show. He's totally a cool dude. And he's got an amazing story. But um, what I heard was that about one third of people on type one diabetes, when they completely change their lifestyle, they can get off all medications. Another third can reduce those medications drastically 
And then a third, you know, it'll improve their health, the rest of their quality, but they're still on the same amount of medications. Has that been your experience? Is that close? I would venture to say from my experience, I'm in the second category. I need very little insulin and I have much better control. I still go up. There's still fluctuations, but I'm in the, the bandwidth of, of mostly healthy 80% of the time. So you're like uh, one, one ninety to one fifty range. Right. So that, that's the goal, but I do, I do venture to 200, you know, thanks sometimes. Um, but I very quickly bring myself back down to stable. That's like new year's Eve and you crack open a bottle of crystal, right? <laughs> it happens more often <laughs> than you think because uh, a lot more affects your blood sugars than just food. So stress, how well you slept, your hormones, uh, how much fat you had in your diet. I mean, there's a long list your, your, of, of effects on your blood sugars. And, and so you, I could do the exact same thing. I could eat the exact same thing. I could work out really hard. And sometimes I work out really hard. My sugars go through the roof. Sometimes they go down. Every day is different. So getting yeah. it right is, is all the time is impossible. I, I've now ventured to say it's, it's impossible. You, you mentioned sleep too, which is like so foundational. I mean, it's like, to me, it's like a tie for the silver medal because without sleep, you're dead in 11 days, just like without water. So it's pretty important where oxygen you're dead in you know, four to seven minutes without it. So. Right. And well, sleep affects your willpower. So if you're exhausted, you're going to mm -hmm. do things to try and pick your energy back up like coffee or sugar or donut. Or, and then in the end of the day, when you really burn through all your willpower, you're definitely going to not going to be choosing healthy foods. Okay. So we, we can't, this isn't the, the, you know, the diabetes donut solution. Then This isn't that program. <laughs> no, no, don't Dang do that. It. <laughs> I remember when I was a kid, I used to, we'd go hunting out in the Valley for pheasants and stuff. And we would, Sometimes I would buy at the convenience stores like the white powdered covered raspberry donuts. They're in few, they have raspberry inside them. I thought those things were just the cat's meow. And now I look at the ingredients and I'm like, what in the hell was I? Th I mean, I have, it's like, they're like just these little sh toxic death wheels, right? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what they were, but um, I, I just remember really liking them. I love raspberries. I was like big on jam and stuff like peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. My God, I used to eat a lot of those. Okay. So, so what are, keep yeah. going on solutions for type one. So what are, well, you've, yeah. you've talked about the emotional thing. And I'm really glad you paid a lot of attention to that today. What are some of the, um, like some of the foods to avoid and some of the foods to move towards, but I don't want it to be all food, but we, we, we do need to cover that. Yeah, 100%. So you're, you're anything processed, really, the, 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 it's easier to say what to turn to versus what to avoid. Um, okay, let's what do to that. Turn to is what you'll buy at the farmer's market. Anything that grows out of the land, your fruits, your vegetables, especially giant salads every day, not covered in ranch, make something healthy. <laughs> Even just salt, pepper, and lemon is delicious. You don't need a pile of oil or ranch or don't destroy your healthy salad. But I eat giant salads every single day, full of color, purple cabbage, red peppers, avocado, walnuts. I, I make it really delicious. Every single day I have a giant salad. I start my days with smoothies. Fruit is actually very healthy for you and it's on the lower glycemic end. If you've controlled the fat, you can take as much fruit. I was, at one point was eating 10 pieces of fruit a day. Um, so you can have fruit in your diet. If you're staying away from the glycemic things like muffins or cookies or bread, pasta, anything wheat-based needs to be out, unfortunately. And there are alternatives. It's not about deprivation. Yeah, wheat, about wheat just needs to go, period. I don't care what you're listening to this show for. Like, it's just, it's got to go. It's like, right. it's not serving you. 
Right. And there are alternatives. That's the good thing. There's bean pasta. There's angel hair pasta made from artichokes. Now you can get spaghetti squash, cut it in half, steam it. And you've got beautiful bowl of uh, spaghetti hair, uh, angel hair pasta. It's delicious. Yeah. And it's all fresh. Um, so eating what comes out of the land, really, we have to go back to nature. It's, it's that simple, but get the hmm. fat down is the key and, and get all the processed foods really out altogether. Okay. And one thing I would add to that, one thing that I uh, learned was that a lot of times diabetes is a lipid or fat issue on the cellular membrane of the cell. And the reason right. why is because people are eating crappy fats. Okay. These are fats that have been cooked at high temperatures, even if they're a good fat, like, oh, I've got this virgin organic olive oil. It was pressed yesterday. Well, if you cook it at a high temperature, it's going to convert to a lipid peroxide. and Your body's not going to really recognize it because it's not natural. There's mm -hmm. no frying pans out in nature. I've never found one, and I've never seen an animal cook with one. So, But these are the things that we've done in modern world. And so when you cook these fats, what ends up happening, and when you have poor fats, you end up with a poor fat or lipid, a.k.a. lipid membrane around that cell. And, and this, the, the, the fat membrane is, is critical to be able to absorb nutrients, especially glucose. She was talking about that earlier. If the glucose cannot get into the cell because the cell is either full of fat or the fat membrane itself is poor, then the blood or the sugar stays in the blood and that's where you get high blood sugars. It's, it's, it's kind of a simple concept, right? So that's something that I wanted to share with people because it's really important that if you are going to have fats in your diet, which you need them, they need to be very high quality and you should not cook them at high temperatures. Yeah. Right. And just, just natural sources, right? Instead of exactly. taking olive oil, take olives and and make a tanad and, and, and put that on your salad. So keep it yeah, in exactly. its natural state. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. All right. So now what about um solutions for besides and, and these solutions we're talking about for type one also relate to type two. So they're kind of a it's 100%. you're getting it all in a basket here. Yeah. Um, so we've talked about emotional solutions, paying attention to triggers, lack of self-worth, that kind of stuff. And then we've just talked about some foods that you can move towards, fresh, organic type foods. Um, what other things can people do to um, as a solution for type 1, type 2 diabetic? Yeah, two more things come to mind. First of all, intermittent fasting has done wonders for me. So stopping to eat earlier. So I, I finish eating by seven. I notice that if I have dinner at eight, my blood sugars will spike and then they'll drop in the middle of the night and I'll wake up high every time it's a roller coaster ride. But if I stopped eating earlier, just finish by six or seven at the latest, I'm flatline perfect all the way through the night. The other thing about intermittent fasting, if you have that big window of not eating, you, your body will burn through all that stored fat, and then you're able to process that glucose the next morning with much more ease. So intermittent nice. fasting has had a massive effect on my blood sugars, and so has controlling my nervous system. So doing things like more, my morning routine where I make my tea. And I sit and I meditate and I focus on the things that I'm grateful for and how may I be of service today, who can serve me today. And I, I just, I focus all of my intention on how I want to show up for that day. And I really create this, this start that is calming to the nervous system and it puts me in the driver's seat of my life. And it's fascinating. You can ask, I love to ask questions, how may I be of service today? Or what's my next step? 
and show me, give me some guidance. And I, I, I like to tap into my, I'm going woo again. Sorry. I, I like to tap into my spirit angels and ask for guidance. And sure enough, that day I will get messages. I will get, the person will call, I'll get a text message. I'll, something will come through that gives me the exact answer that I needed. So that morning, do not turn your phone on. This is the biggest trick. And it's the, the mm. most delicious thing you can possibly do for yourself. Do not turn your phone on in the morning. But when you wake up, take I take an hour, but even if you can spare five to 20 minutes of just sitting there with your tea before you turn your phone on, as soon as you turn that phone on, you've let the entire world in and everyone else's problems are your problems all of a sudden. <laughs> and it's just like you've given away the most juicy, potent, delicious part of the day. And boom, you're on like go mode. You know, you got to solve problems. I'm telling you, it jazz juices up your nervous system. So does coffee first thing in the morning. Start with tea. Don't have coffee until you've eaten something. Then you can have one cup. <laughs> yeah. Not, and right? please make sure that it's mold-free, non-acidic, mold-free, shade-grown, low. At, and, and then you probably should put some L-theanine in with it to buffer it so it doesn't eat your myelin sheathing off of your nerve endings and make you all jittery. Because that'll what that's what happens. So that's kind of when when people Perfect. I tell people like, look, don't don't worry about quitting coffee. Let's just make sure that you we get movement and let's if you're gonna do coffee, let's do the best source of coffee possible, and then we'll buffer it with L theanine. And they're like, okay. And then they're like, yeah. wow, this coffee's amazing. Yeah. And then usually a month or four months later, they're like, yeah, I just don't need my coffee that much anymore. Right. It was more of a it was more of a habit. But we don't. Yeah. It's at, it's better to add things in that are very beneficial in your stack to build your yeah. immune system up and build back your uh, love for yourself and then the other stuff that isn't serving you it just falls away it's not yeah. and then it's easy you're like why was i doing that but if you try to get people to quit stuff they want to hold on to it yeah. and even tighter yeah. and then they get in defense mode yeah awesome now, imagine yeah. if you're starting your day with a juice of co like the coffee which is hitting your adrenal glands plus your cell phone with everyone else's problems i mean it's just a jarring way to start your day and the news so, and the news turn that so, on you can find out who's killing who and what part of the world and just it's terrible it's yeah so we really and then t make time throughout the day to calm your nervous system intentionally it's crazy to me that we actually have to schedule time in nature nowadays but schedule time in nature if you have to every single day go for a walk on your lunch break go for a sunset walk after dinner get walks in your life this will support your blood sugars tremendously the more you walk, the better blood sugar control. And the more you lift weights, by the way, the stronger the muscles are, the, the more you burn sugars just walking around. So get weights and a lot of walking in your diet, in your, in your routine. Awesome. Well, I think there's some really good takeaways today. And for those of you who've been listening and following me for a while, I think you're probably starting to see these patterns, whether somebody comes on for type 1 or type 2 diabetes or somebody comes on and they've got a cancer program or or they're helping somebody with fibromyalgia, arthritis, a lot of the solutions are the same thing, right? It's like, and we, you know, I'm really glad, Nikki, that you brought up nervous system and keeping your nervous system calm because we were just talking about this in the coaching huddle yesterday morning, which was people cannot heal when the nervous system is basically in fight or flight. It's yeah. just not going to happen. You're not going to heal. So that nervous system component is a huge awareness and we're, you don't turn on the phone and you, you know, play some nice music and you at night you take a hot bath or in the morning you you go outside and smell flowers and watch a bee on the flower. These are some of the most powerful medicines that you can actually do for yourself. Yeah. And they freaking work. And it's not woo-woo. It's we're nature. We need to plug into nature. 
And um, I'm just really glad to have you on today because you gave a lot of clarity. I learned a few things too, which is very exciting. Uh, And I I know if I did that, the listeners got a lot out of it. So where do people find you if they want to reach out and and, and, because you have a coaching program too, you help coach people with diabetes, type one, type two, where do they, where do they find you? Yeah, drnikkisiso.com. And I do one-on-one coaching. And I also have a workshop coming up next year that we teach breakfast, lunch, and dinner, low glycemic meals. And then in between, we have hot seat coaching on this mental, the mindset component of how diabetes, how you can make diabetes serve you and actually make it your teacher. And it will serve your soul's evolution. And you're actually, it will fuel your ability to handle the rest of life with a greater ease actually it, right so you're blessing. gonna you're gonna basically show people to take type one type two diabetes and turn it into a gift for themselves yes, a exactly. precious gift yeah awesome so check her out dr nikki siso.com that's d-r-n-i-k-k-i-s-i-s-o.com and when you go there you'll see she looks like an angelic goddess right there front and center in her white dress nikki thank you for coming on i really appreciate you today with any final words to the listeners Ah, just uh, remind yourself that you are loved and you're protected and you're guided and nothing is happening to you. It's all happening for you. And when you have that perspective, it, the the world opens up and you'll yeah. you'll be in such a better place. Awesome. The world will rearrange itself for you when you start looking at it differently. Yeah. It's all just contrast, my friends. All right. And I want to thank the listeners around the world for tuning in. Um, you guys have helped us again to become one of the fastest growing alternative health podcasts in the world. Uh, my hat's off to you. Um, I will keep just digging and scraping and finding people like Dr. Nikki to come on here, give you good information that you can take home. And again, you, um, uh, besides being loved, it's like, it's so important. Like you, you can do this. You can become your own doctor. It's just your lifestyle. You can learn how to self heal. I don't care how bad it is. Cause usually most of the people that we get coming over here to chemical free body, I've tried everything. It's like, and they're just beat down and deflated. And then we help them build themselves back up. We don't do it. You're going to do the work. So I know that you have the power to do this inside of you. We're just here to kind of inspire you and like, oh, go try this and try that and do this and do that and give you some things that have worked for myself, have worked for Nikki, have worked for our clients. That'll 98% of the time are probably going to work for you. But if the first thing we share doesn't work, then pitch it out the door and try the next thing and never give up until you are waking up and feeling good and feeling happy and content with yourself. So I just really appreciate you guys. Thank you for subscribing. If you found some value in this episode or you for yourself, or you know somebody that's dealing with type one, type two diabetes, and you get it over to them, become part of the ripple effect as we work together um, as working class people to help improve people's health uh, globally now. So I really appreciate you guys for Mm -hmm. listening until next time, change yourself, change your world. And we'll talk to you again soon. Bye for now. Thanks for listening again to The Health Hero Show. I'm your host, Tim James. And remember, change yourself, change your world. And we'll see you again on the next episode. Talk to you soon. You have just listened to The Health Hero Show with Tim James. (laughs) 